Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hardly Kayfabe. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside Chris Chavez. What's up? And all the way from Who Cares, Johnny Townsend. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Who cares indeed? I am here. I am drinking beer. I, I, I wanted to rhyme. I, I'm not drinking beer. I'm sorry. He tried. We still had heat. That's why I said, you know, I didn't care. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. You jerk. <laughs> guys, guys, you're totally proving Rhonda right, dude. <laughs> oh man. you're right you're right gotta keep the kayfabe oh gosh how's it got how's it going guys we're back it's good it's another going week, good. good another week it's of wrestling good. in the can uh, uh interesting week right yeah really interesting um i was gonna bring this up immediately like so apparently wwe has no problems with with pg or rated r anymore like it's no longer pg on social media now yeah have you noticed this oh 100 i mean the whole ronda rousey thing that's that's just f-bomb city yeah yeah that was bad i don't know i I heard that they weren't big fans of that but i'm still a little surprised by how yeah it's it's how that went so yeah so raw ends with ronda rousey turning heel basically assaulting becky lynch uh, and then she throws this promo, this video on her website, uh, where she just drops f bombs like crazy. All the while, you know, just talking shit about Becky, talking shit about the fans, talking shit about the sport itself, and and making fun of the fact that, come on, guys, you know it's not real, right? She's like, I could break every one of their arms, not a problem. Uh, I mean, she just pipe bombs the entire thing, and uh, they seem to be okay with it. If you look at uh, you were talking about Luke Harper returning too, right? He just returned this past week. Uh, I yeah, think he, he house t- show in Rochester. Yep, and he tweeted imme- immediately about how it felt fucking amazing or some shit like that. And so he's dropping f bombs, and it looks like uh, the e- he's pushing it more towards the uh, Attitude Era. This is I what know, it would been like if they had Twitter during the Attitude Era. I didn't put two and two together, but now that you mention it, you're, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, they they have to notice how how much attention this Becky Lynch storyline is getting and and whatnot, and they know they're going to have to step it up from a you know a, P, yeah, what the they're P. presenting if they're going to compete with a place like AEW, which is definitely going to be I I would have to say kind of adult like Universal Age, but kind of more on the adult side. Yeah. So I, this is interesting. I mean, we think, get. If you think about it, uh, it's kind of the same cycle it followed before, you know, back in the day when they went from the, the family-friendly to the Attitude Era to family-friendly again. Uh, the, the family-friendly that they targeted, what, a, a few years ago is now old enough to want a little bit of a harder edge to their, their entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best to... way to go. Let's say edgier because when we go Attitude Era, there's a lot of stuff in Attitude Era that they need to leave there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it just, it just wouldn't work today. Just, right. You know, it's kind of gringe-inducing right. if you go back it would and be, watch it. It would be whatever was it would be considered Attitude Era or edgy for today's standards. Right, yeah. And this stuff that they're posting now is definitely that. I mean, man, I uh, the, the responses to that Rousey video were were pretty great. Charlotte well, Flair had a great response. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Did Becky ever respond to it? I didn't see hers if she did. Uh, I think she did, but yeah, I didn't. I like want to say she did too, yeah. 
I'm going to assume she did because it sounds. I mean, why wouldn't she? She responded to everything else. Um, what'd man. you guys think of that promo? That video. I'm torn. <laughs> uh, for one, I'm I'm glad she's heel because that seems like what she should be. You know, Rousey, she just feels like she should be a heel to me. Um, but the other hand is going into this. You know, we all know that wrestling's a show. We all know that, but we want to put on an era an era of disbelief, right? Like yes. I want, I want the story told to me. I want to be worked. I've said that before. I want to yeah. be worked. So I already know that, but I also know that she has a legit MMA background. She legit could beat people up for real. Yeah. Uh. So so in a legit fight with most of these women on the roster, if it was a legit fight, I would put my money on her every time. Easy. Yeah. Easily. So I'm already trying to put that belief behind me and get into the storyline. You know. And this is not helping that whatsoever. Like her just going out and saying all this stuff. Because it's kind of true, in a way, most of the stuff she's saying. Especially about when it comes to that she could break all their arms. She probably could. Uh, <laughs> but man, I don't I don't need you to tell me that. I don't need you to tell me that. You can keep that same edge she had and leave stuff like that out of it. You just can't. Right. Because yeah. she had a good heel. The, the heel promo in her i could tell was great in that video like she was felt being real. herself it felt yeah, natural for yes her, which is yes, something so she, she struggled on with the microphone with talking since yeah. um joining the yeah. e. well she has like some kind of speech issue too like she has a legit speech issue to start with uh, so she's always struggled with that uh, but yeah just from this promo you can tell she has it in her she yeah. definitely does, but I didn't need all of that. <laughs> like the, when she was talking about her husband, yes, go with that because you know her husband was brought into it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you can get mad about that. You should get mad about that. That would make sense. That's a good one of the lines you can use to make your heel turn uh, believable and make sense. Because Mick Foley, all, Mick Foley taught me in his books that are great that the best villains are the ones that believe they're doing what they're doing is right. Yes. So she has to have a valid reason. That could be one of them. And the fact that the fans turned on her, there you go, there's your other one, despite the fact that she did nothing wrong. Right. Uh, so she there really you go. Didn't. No, she, she didn't. Really didn't. People just like Becky a lot. Yeah, and that's, and that's basically thing, what it is. The universe basically gave the E a storyline to play with easily, an easy storyline. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, they hated her for nothing. Let's use this. Uh, and they took too long to get to I mean, I feel like it took too long to get to it, but it's – it is. It's coming out with that vicious anger of like, this is what has built to this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And Becky did respond, by the way, yesterday. She tweeted a picture, a photoshopped picture of Ronda Rousey, uh, photoshopped onto the shaved head of Britney Spears going crazy on Kevin Federline's car with the uh, with an umbrella. Okay. Oh, God. Remember that? And, and it says, Ronnie, since the man came around, if you can't hack it, get your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> but I am looking forward to that match. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so it looks like they're going uh, they're going on to that edgier edgier uh route, which again, for me I don't I mean I don't mind. I, I, I really don't. It uh you know, like it's it's it, it's it's in cycles, so it'll 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 go this route for a while again. Then it'll it'll tone itself down again when it, when they need to. Uh, but 
it's like whatever for me. I think one of the other big things that happened this week that I thought was pretty awesome was that uh, Joe, Samoa Joe, finally has a belt. Uh, yes. Even if, yes. even if it's the U.S. belt, nothing against the United States championship because I'd like to see him with a little bit of a higher, uh, you know, a belt that's considered a higher steam belt. But uh, he's got it, though. That's cool. Yes. We can make it legitimate, too. Like, I mean, a couple oh, yeah. years ago, the Intercontinental title, and I think still, well, not really. But a couple, for a couple years ago, the Intercontinental title was like, that was the one closing shows. That was mm-hmm. the the big one. Right? You know, for Joe to have the U.S. title, it's it's a good sign. The one thing I don't like that they've done is hot potatoed it um, so much in the last couple months. I mean, going from Shinsuke to to Rusev back to Shinsuke, uh, our truth, and now and now this. It, it's it's not a good look. Yeah. For the for the belt, it just further shows that that it, it is just a prop. But um, I think it's in good hands with Samoa Joe. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. Just if you're going to put it on him, let him keep it for a while. Yeah, he'll make just it something. Bring- yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Oh, man, I'm just, gosh, we already got one promo from him as champ. I can't wait for more. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be good. That, dude. that dude can sell can sell tickets. I don't care what anybody says. That dude sells tickets easily, easily. Uh, but those were the two big things that happened this week that I had my eye on. You guys see anything happening this week? Uh, I mean, there was there was a few deaths in the wrestling community. One more, which oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about a little bit later. Um, I mean, I I, I think. Nationally, the biggest one was King Kong Bundy oh, uh, right. passing yes. away, and we had a local one here in Buffalo, um, which, like I said, we're going to talk about after the commercial break. But um, I mean, the Shield reunited, and it was it was oh, kind of right. a cool moment. Um, but that was it. I mean, we've seen a few Shield reunions over the last couple of years already. Yeah. So it's it's almost like at the DX point now, where it's like, eh. but. <laughs> Right, you're not but, surprised when it comes back together. You're like, all right, right. so we're back. I we're mean, back to this. But, but especially with everything going on with, with Roman, you know, coming back and mm-hmm. and them all coming together, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. Um, this one's probably the more meaningful one. Yes, I, I would have agree. To say the most meaningful one. So, yeah, I, I, the one thing I was a little um, shocked by, and maybe they'll do it for Fastlane tonight. I don't know. Uh, when I was when I was growing up getting into wrestling, like I for whatever reason gravitated toward King Kong Bundy. I really liked him. He had a he had a distinct look. Uh, he was a quote unquote a monster, one of the monsters that Hogan had to face. You know, yeah. Uh, man, I just thought he was a great villain. He was so good. Uh, and all he really got was like a. I mean, I'm glad he got that at least. Was like a little in. This is you know to start a SmackDown was a little picture of himself there and like this is for them he didn't get a little i felt he needs a video package but that's just me being he a, does being he, a bundy fan yeah he was really big on the indies um i think he might have been i mean yes he established himself in the e but i think he was like there was a time period i think it was like the the, the 2000s and when indie wrestling started to pick up a little bit and bundy was everywhere working everywhere he could and and you you could find him at just about any um you know, decent indie wrestling show. He really made a name for himself. He just on so many cards, and you know, he. I think he really got more famous too later on because he, he was really good for shoot interviews. I don't know if you've yeah. seen some of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just he exposes everything. Like he, they were, he was still like kind of in in character almost, in, but it was a shoot style. Um, yeah, it was basically it was a shoot, and he would just he would crap on whoever he wanted to. He didn't care, 
But I, th- I think Bundy was was great. I, I can sit for hours, like I do for like Jim Cornette and a, and a select honky talk man. I can listen to to Bundy shoot for hours. Yes, for sure, for uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just feel a little shortchanged because I liked him so much, and apparently, uh, the uh, you can always tell, uh, a person's character after they pass away what people say about them. Yeah. Uh, everything I read was very positive about this guy. I mean, I'm not saying that he was an angel the whole time, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, from other wrestlers, I saw mostly positive things. Same here. I follow I follow a lot of uh, pro and indie wrestlers on Twitter, uh, and a lot of people who had inter- interacted with them on the indie scene, a lot of indie guys would talk about or put memories of how nice he was to them and how he really helped them backstage, gave them some, you know, some pointers, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, some guy said he was supposed to, I think he was supposed to wrestle Bundy on a show several years back, but Bundy had like an injury, so he couldn't wrestle, but uh, he still came to the show anyways and actually was in this guy's corner for his match instead of facing him, which was, you nice. know, he thought that was pretty cool that Bundy still showed up uh, despite not being able to compete, which would, which that what he was advertised for. So, yeah, yeah that's, Bundy's that's a good dude. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he will be missed for sure. Uh, a, a, a legend, I say. So, oh, for sure. Uh, you guys hear anything on the Psycho Sids? Uh, I saw that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were reportedly offered uh, multi-million-dollar deals, and they turned them down. They're going to let their their contracts expire in, in September. Well, can you blame them if that's true? Yeah. I mean, you can't blame them. Not right? at all. They haven't used them efficiently at all. They are no. so stale. There's, like, nothing to them, dude. I, I don't know. I, I, this whole nerds. I mean, I get that's that's part of their their gimmick, but I don't know. It didn't. It doesn't come across as anything to worry about. So when you have it doesn't got, make it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, in my opinion, for with how they've been used. This is all, in my opinion, WWE, because obviously those two guys are really talented. Yeah. So it's all about how they've been used. So why would the WWE offer them that much money? It's, it has to be just to keep them away from other people, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, which is which is good, which is good for the wrestlers. Yeah. Again, competition drives that. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it was kind of shocking because they have been misused. I mean, they, they've made references to, like, the, you know, the, the Bullet Club days, you yeah. know, teasing with him and Balor. Uh, or them and Balor, and I think them and they did some stuff with them and AJ, um, too for a little while. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a shame. Just yeah, so misused. And I hope they go to AEW and make make themselves stars because oh, they will. That'll be easy. Oh, it's yeah. just easy. Yeah, they got great. They got great personalities on top of that. So. I don't know why the E doesn't let guys like have input on their gimmicks anymore. What's the deal with that? Yeah, you can or still have only, control. Is it only but... certain guys, or what is it? Because because that's some of the complaints they're having is like they're they're very frustrated with what's happening and storyline. They have no input, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get at least a little? I mean, you don't have to take everything they say and do it. Just take some of it and make them feel like they're a part of it. I yeah, mean, why wouldn't them... you do that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes it's... they do, but they just they just don't know how to use these guys um, at all. Because you know, I I, I heard interviews from. From Luke Harper and you know the the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick. I mean that was entirely suggested by them, um, and yeah, they eventually did get the tag titles, but at, at first they kind of were misused. Um, so I think guys do have input. It's just a matter of is the t- are the writers using them efficiently and effectively? That's mm. yeah. That's it, I think that's more so on on those specific people than 
like the agents, like the like the Vince McMahon's and yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and it'll definitely help when it comes to promos too. If you give them the material and they can put it in how they feel they would talk, you know, like I think it was, I think it was half of what really hurt Roman and when he was especially in his early days trying to do promos to get over is those didn't feel like authentic words we feel he would say. Did, did you guys notice too, like this week on Raw, like it, his him talking on the microphone felt different again. Like when he came back, you know, he announced that he beat leukemia. It it it, it just sounded more organic. And then this week, trying to get the shield together, it uh, it felt scripted again. Hmm. I don't I, know. I, I think part of it is also like I'm not disagreeing with you. You're probably right, but yeah. um, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't pay super much attention to that part, like how his tone came off and such. But right. Um, that's also that's also how we may perceive it anyway. Like, he could have had the best one anyway. And since he's kind of back now, and he's sort of uh, in the company line, however you want to say it, you know, it's just it's just weird. Like, who do we think... Like, there's only certain guys I feel when they're giving their promos and ladies that I feel they're being as authentic as possible, even if those aren't the words that they wrote themselves. Uh, like, Samoa Joe's a great example. Yeah. I never feel his... I never feel his or, uh, you know, or fake, or just... He just doing whatever he's told to say. He might be a guy that they trust, though, too, because yeah, he's such a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I mean, everybody def- else. Yeah, there's definitely guys they trust, you can tell. I mean, I'd, I'd dare say Miz is trusted. I'd say Samoa Joe is trusted. Cena. Um, Cena. Oh, yeah, definitely Cena. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, man, I don't know. That would be interesting to kind of follow and see how he goes from here when hmm. it comes to this. Because he's shown the ability to uh, – "Quote unquote," give a promo. I mean, he was being real with what he was going through, but to me, that shows that he has the ability to handle that. Yeah, you know, to handle the, handle the crowds and such. So, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think one of the biggest things for me that I heard in the Psycho Sids was I kind of referenced it earlier. Um, I don't know the whole story, but of course, Dave Meltzer is a big figure in wrestling, especially in wrestling journalism, and um, he was. Tr- I, <laughs> He's he's been trying to talk about the whole uh, leukemia thing with with uh, Roman Reigns, and apparently there's different versions of leukemia. You know, some are worse. they're all bad. I mean, cancer just freaking sucks. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's some that's worse than others, and I think he tried to say that uh, uh, that he had the uh, that Roman had the the best kind you could get, I guess. In a way, was what he was trying to get at. Jeez. But there's no way you can. There's no Jeez. way. There is no way you can say that. Don't you just don't say that the stuff. The least harmful one. The you know. <laughs> yeah, they all suck. They all suck. I don't care what version of cancer you get. It all freaking sucks. Yeah, none of it's great. Meltzer is. Uh, he's a special he's, one. He, yeah, he's got to learn how to use his words a little bit better. Well, he he's been using his words for decades. He should know. <laughs> Right, exactly. No, he's in constant hot water. Constant hot water. Yeah. People, people don't respect like respect him at all. These guys in the E, they don't respect him. Indie guys do not <laughs> respect him at all. They think his rating system is stupid and, and crap. And they, I, I don't know how he makes money in this business when none of the people, um, none of the athletes, the wrestlers, the performers, and I'm sure, you know, uh, a lot of backstage people respect him. At all, 
and all, yeah. I, like, I want to know who his sources are when he comes yeah, up that's what and I want says to know. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm incredibly curious as to who that is, who's letting stuff leak out. Um, I, yeah, I just, nobody gives a shit about him, that man. He's been ripped on online, publicly, Twitter, social, you know, any social media by the likes of Seth Rollins and, 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 and many others. Um, I remember when he bought it. Yeah, he, we were talking about it before the show started about Ruby Riot. Oh, I think it was uh, Peyton, he, Peyton Royce, or, I think. Peyton Royce, excuse me. He, yeah. he body, well, whoever it was, he, he body shamed him. And Seth Rollins quoted the tweet, and he goes, uh, not good, Dave, one star. That's a great along, reply. Something along those lines. He gave him a low like, star rating to kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's, that's a great review. Yeah, I I'd say so. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't care any women in E. They're they, they are all freaking beautiful. I mean, where would you get off talking like that? Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, he's, uh, that was one of the things. And the other thing was um, we were I was very concerned uh, that apparently Asuka had gotten hurt on a house show. Yes. Like, she yeah. was kind of dropped on her head and her neck and her back. They had to stop the match and everything. And help had to come out. The dreaded X showed up. That's what, you know, uh, for those in the know. If you see one of the people tending to somebody in a match and they put up an X with their arms, that's uh, that's real for this person's yeah. really hurt type yes. of deal. So that came up. So we were all really concerned. Uh, but apparently she's actually really okay. She doesn't have a concussion or any of that stuff, and she's going to be at fast lane. So that was good. a good – it was finally a good report on something. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's the perfect segue into talking about fast lane as well. Fast lane um, is actually tonight. Uh, yeah. Picking off, we're gonna go through and do what we do normally when we have a pay per view. We're gonna check, take a look at the card, and uh, give our thoughts on who we think's gonna come out on top. Yes. So uh, I have the card here. I'll go ahead and read it off for you guys. Kickoff show. They have New Day versus Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Wow. Kickoff show. Yeah. Mm. Where's uh? Is Kofi doing something? Where's he at? I think the storyline is that he, since he he was not in that main event match, but I got a feeling he's going to show up. But I'll just wait for that to talk about that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but he's not he's not quote unquote advertised to be in that. I think he's supposed to just be in this kickoff show. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I dare say that Shinsuke and Rusev need to win more than New Day do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's who I'm going to say is going to win, but I'm more than prepared to be wrong because I never know what they're booking on tag team. I'm going to say, I'm going to say new day myself. I hate this throw together tag team of Nakamura Same. and Rusev, especially Same. when we had that great moment of Rusev beating him for the title. And yeah. And, and, and like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. None. It's just they, it's they don't, sloppy writing. They don't fit either to me. No, uh, no they really don't fit. This like, is like when, when Rusev was in that, like, uh, Oh, it was like a hodgepodge of different ethnicities. It was a group. I think um, Wade Barrett was in it. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like kind of right before Wade Barrett left. Yeah, there was yeah. a couple. Of, I can't remember who the other ones were, but um, yeah, it it just seems like that. It just it just seems it's so poorly thrown together. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nah, I say New no. Day as well. Uh, yeah. It sucks. They have another. Also on the kickoff show is Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. Now I'm a little disappointed that this is a kickoff show, I, but if you wanted to start off a show right, you know, this is what you want. This is the kind of match you want. But I feel like this is yes. this kind of caliber matches. We could see this on the main card. 
That's why I'm torn on this one because on one hand, if you want the kickoff show to be something people want to watch, then you have to put matches like this on there. Right. Yeah. Because this, this is a match I want to see. I do want to see this match. So I will watch the kickoff show for this match. Uh, but also, kickoff show just denotes that it just it just feels like it's less than the main show. Right. It does. It's it's when I was doing wrestling, I was always taught that pre-show is still the show. It's just the silly phrase. Um, I mean, because yes, there, I mean, there's still gonna be wrestling in front of people. Yes, they're still gonna be um, featured on the network, you know, on the pay per view yep. in a matchup. I think it's a lame. I think it's a lame term to use pre-show. Yeah. Um, I really do, but at the same time, they use it as a hindrance to shorten matches. Um, you know, I mean, do you guys remember a couple years ago when, like, I think it was like Ryback and uh, Sin Cara wrestled in the pre-show of WrestleMania, and, and there still weren't people sitting down in the venue yet. Like, there was a very <laughs> yeah. empty crowd. That happens all the time. It happened yeah. to, like, a Miz, a Miz match once, exactly. and he went off on it. <laughs> so, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it feels kind of like, oh, these guys, does, I mean, these guys right here could put on a match of the night. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they very before. may will. They have before. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. So, so be interesting to see what happens here. But I'd see I see Andrade continuing uh his streak of fire beating Rey Mysterio. Um I think because Rey's got such a name, man, he doesn't really need to have all the wins, you know what I mean? So to continue to yeah, help I push Andrade, I think that's what's gonna happen. I agree. I'm with you on this one. Uh Ray definitely doesn't need the win. His name speaks for himself now. I mean, that's how. What a great place to be in your career, right? Where your name just speaks for for who you are. Yeah, like you don't even need to win. Like it, that's Rey Mysterio. You can help push other the younger guys now. Yeah, that's what he should be. Just like Cena's starting to do, kind of. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm all for it. I think uh, Andrade wins, and he should win. Yeah, I'm gonna go Andrade as well. Sweet, sweet. Next up, we have the Shield versus McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin. Oh, shield. easily shield. Yeah, yeah, that's the feel good. That's the feel good uh, match right there for yeah. for Roman, especially his comeback. You know, he's gonna probably be the one getting the getting the victory. Um, I gotta tell you that um, I am hoping though he he learned some new things while he was away. Because one of the yeah. th- I mean, I love the feel good story. It's great, right? But at some point, that's gonna wear off, and we're gonna be right back at square one with a guy that they want to push who has three moves, and that's it. I want to agree with you, but literally uh, the history of wrestling is filled with main eventers who only had three or four moves <laughs> for, for years and years. That is and years true. And years I mean, that is true. I just feel even like, people, even people I like a lot. Only I just had three feel like the moves. Superman punch is such a. It's you know how you say you hate. I, the, I agree the with women's you. Right? How much you hate that? Yes. Like for yes. me, the Superman I'm with punch you. is probably yes. one of the dumbest moves. I agree with you 100%, but I'm really? just telling you. Don't like you the Superman punch? I think it's great. Oh, I'm telling you, when fan. I was a kid, when I was a kid and I grew up and I became, you know, and I was a wrestling fan, I loved Hulk Hogan as a kid. He has four moves tops. <laughs> tops. He's got, the, he's got the windmill to the hand behind the ear, like, let me hear your thing. That's and, that's if, and that's if you're counting Hulking up. <laughs> See, I like, I love strike finishers. I love striking finishers. It, it depends on what they are for me. I but always hated a punch. I've always hated a punch as a see, finisher. Just if, always have. I don't know. I, I just I, like, I think arms, it looks like so weird. It's just the fact that, that it gets done repetitively. Like, yes. M- multiple times in a match. That is the biggest issue. Shawn Michaels' super kick, you know, sweet chin music, was a strike attack. 
and yes. you know, and bicycle kick, and yeah. they were now they everybody were effective and went over well because they only had to do it once. If you're doing three Superman punches in a match to put down somebody, that move sucks. You know exactly, it, it, and that's storytelling. That's not because the move can't look good. I mean, there there are people who can just do it once and and it. That's it. That's a finish. Yeah. But everybody kicks like out of everybody's finish nowadays. And, yeah, that, that, that's the issue. Roman, whoever's agenting Roman's, you know, matches with that Superman punch is hurt, hurts that move. Yeah, seriously. You know, I, like, I remember that, like, the, the, the AJ Styles, the, 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 the springboard uh, forearm, you know that was that was a cool one too, and he would legit take that would that would be it. That would be the match with that one move. Um, to and keeping keeping stuff fresh like unexpected, I think helps as well. You can you can always tell when the Superman punch is coming. You know, oh, I the, mean, yeah, he, he cocks it up and everything. I mean, he yeah. kind of he literally tells you when he's going to do it, which is fine if you're only doing it once. Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's that's the psychology to it. Yeah, I gotta agree with you, especially on the super kick. That's, I mean, that's one of my favorite moves, and literally almost every wrestler uses it. Yeah, now. I mean, it, and it's shitty yeah. now. It's shitty. Like I'm like, oh, yawn, super kick, um, and I don't care. But when Shawn Michaels did it, it was insane. It was insane. I mean, there's like a 30 minute highlight reel of every televised uh, sweet chin music super kick that Michaels has ever thrown. Oh, and, please send that to us. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll find I, it. I need to send this. And it was. <laughs> It was really good. I mean, who who doesn't forget the Shelton Benjamin one that we didn't oh, gosh, you know yeah. didn't see coming, and so many yep. others. But it was. I mean, there's there's still every once in a while there'll be a super kick that I'll stand up for if it's done well and the situation's different. And it's got to come out of nowhere. That's the beauty yes. about it. Yeah. So yeah, this overuse of these things is always going to kill it. And I think that may be why I hate it so much. And it's, you know what I mean is because well, he's overused exactly it, it so much. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, so it was a feel good moment to see him come back during the week. But when he cleared the ring on a Superman punch on each guy, it was kind of like, okay, now you're doing this again. You know, we're, or we're going to see a spear every four time. You know, every four moves, or I don't know. Uh, yeah, but my point my point still stands though. Like, there's been a history yeah, of yeah, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of guys have only had four moves, and they got over just fine. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, I got tired of it from this guy, <laughs> and so I just don't want to see it again. Yeah, which is fair. Like, I don't want to see the oversaturation. I, I'm I'm happy he's back, and I'm glad he's got this. He's got he's actually getting you know a good push for himself, and everybody's loving it. Uh, let's just not make it stale immediately. Yeah. Yes, I'm um, with you. Even though I could watch an Arn Anderson Spawn Buster 24-7. See, me. there's something, but there's a beauty to that. There's something about it. Oh, I'm agreeing it. with you. There's yes. something about it. That's like poetry in motion. 100%. <laughs> uh, all right, so Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Revival versus Rude and Gable versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. Uh, I feel like Aleister Black and Ricochet are kind of in, you know, are in this just to continue to help push them and, and, and you know, uh, expose them to people who may not be, uh, you know, familiar with them from NXT. But yeah. I don't think there's any chance that they're even thinking about giving them the titles yet. So no. I see revival holding on to it for me. I do too. I yeah, it's just going to be a big, a big shine for Black and Ricochet. You know, make them look good, but they're not going to take the fall. The fall will probably be taken by Gable or Rude. That's right. Most definitely. Yeah. That's why you always bring in a third party if you don't if you want to keep the other party have them lose but not have them quote unquote lose yeah uh so that's the best way to do it uh but also we got to keep in mind that chiampa this is a we didn't we didn't talk oh, about this yeah. before 
uh, legit had neck surgery and will be out for a long time. And he was definitely a big part of their plans, uh, you know, going forward on the main roster along with Gargano, which we don't even know what he's doing now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's put everything in limbo. It might have changed some stuff. So that's the only reason I'm even thinking maybe Ricochet and Black might win. But I'm going to – I like what you guys said. You convinced me. I think I think you're right. I want the Revival to win. They kind of deserve it. Yeah, I think they will. But it's yeah. sad for Rude and Gable too because for a while they had a, a thing going and now they're just kind of like a laughingstock kind of a team. Yeah, yeah. and I, and at the end of the day, Rude is kind of uh, – man, he's uh, – and I like him, mm-hmm. but, but like I feel like he's kind of – keeping gable down does that make any sense this might be, be a chance to push rude as as heel now he might go heel because of oh, all yes. of this stuff and we've Which been he needs waiting to be. for that yeah because he would be yeah. so much better as a heel um and speaking of the nxt guys I, let's take a little quick side tangent here i wanted to ask you guys what do you think about the fact that they 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 went out of their way to talk about you know that they're bringing all these guys in lars sullivan who's gone awol no one knows what's going on with him uh, oh, did you hear about that but he, what's that uh, did we talk about that on this show? The reason that they said that he was set, he was all set. Oh to yeah, he had the uh, he had the the panic anxiety or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he's he's still been missing since. Like he's not doing anything. He's not doing and he hasn't. He's not really working out. He's not doing any shows. He's just not doing anything. So they think they might be cutting him soon. But the he's point is, a paycheck. Is, like they pushed him. They pushed DC three. They pushed Nikki Cross. There was all of these stars coming right. And then they're all kind of floundering. Even what's her name, uh, where she just comes and walks down the ramp and then goes back up. Yeah, uh, Evans. Yeah. And then they bring in they bring in Alistair Black, Ricochet, Gargano, Ciampa. And these guys are just in the ring, working it out. Going, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? What the heck's going on? I don't. I, it feels like they're throwing whatever they can at the wall and seeing what sticks. To me, uh, but yeah, I'm you're. All these guys, like they were making a big deal out of EC3. They've not even let him talk. No, and, he's, and now he's and a joke. Right now he's a right joke. He's standing yeah. in the in the wings, posing in front of a mirror with a spray bottle. Like that's the joke now. Yeah, it's it's awful. He's better than that. Uh, and he's doing matches now on uh, one of their C shows. I don't even remember what the show's called. The one that airs during the week that they pre-tape. Uh, <laughs> so that's where he's at. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, man, it's just so weird. It's like I get that there's not enough space for everybody, right? Like there just can't be. But if you're going to bring them up, then you should have some idea of what you're going to do with them. Yeah, it feels like all the guys they brought up before the the new batch here, uh, they could have stayed. They could have stayed and continued to build their characters and do more and maybe evolve into something else. EC3 hasn't been with the NXT that long before his call up. So right, uh, that was just the a WWE side. the new WWE the new bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. There's a, there's a little side tangent uh, because, like you said, there there is a chance Blacking Ricochet could pull off that win, and it wouldn't be surprising because they're really hot, having uh, just debuted with the E. Uh, but yeah, I think Revi- we we all agree the revival's taking that. Let's move on to SmackDown Tag Team Championship: The Usos versus The Miz, Shane, and uh, and Shane. You Usos, Usos, yeah, I think Usos it's setting up it. Miz and Shane at WrestleMania. Same, same. It's going to come down to either Shane or Miz is going to turn on the other, I yeah. feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna oh, you know what's going to be Miz? I mean, he's been, he's been, they've been doing these things where he's, you know, kind of have his dad there and have family there and he's that you know he's going to snap. Yeah, you know I, I, I don't know if I said this before, but I feel like all of these, like I get where they're going with this whole thing with his dad, 
But aren't they just kind of setting up his like that his dad's a dick? <laughs> <laughs> they already kind of did. Yeah, it feels like it to me. Yeah. And his dad's not that. Like, I've seen, you know, his dad's obviously very proud of his son. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you watch real stuff, but they're really... <laughs> That's all I keep thinking. Like, man, Mrs. Dad's kind of a dick and right you know now. Right? It is. Yeah, it's 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 going to be the Miz is setting up Shane because Shane took the the World Cup from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. it's going to well, go all. It's going to be petty and all the way back to then. And maybe his dad's going to help him. What if Miz's dad turns on the Miz? There oh, we go. God. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, do you remember that segment a couple years ago where Miz asked his parents who their favorite wrestlers were, and. And uh, I think his mom replied, John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was, like, really, really good. I, yeah, I, get, yeah. I think it's fun gotta, that they're involved in that, in that, you know, in that way. They're uh, very entertaining people, honestly. So entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Miz makes it easy for him, too, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I think we all agree. We all agree. Uh, Usos are keeping it. With, with some sort of, uh, some sort of, of turn happening. Yeah, I think it it's eventually sets up a, a an even bigger Miz run. Yeah, you know, I mean this quick face turn it, it sometimes hurts people. Yeah, but if but you could play when it, there's that... a storyline driven behind it. Yeah, it helps. I think Miz is in for a monster run as a heel, um, even bigger than before at the conclusion yep. of of this after after Shane. Um, you know, I yeah, I think Miz is going to be owning SmackDown for a while. I agree. Do dude. not get my hopes up, Matt. Don't I'm get my sorry. hopes up. I agree, man. I think you're right. I think he's about to – he's going to snap. And because it's, it's it's such a petty thing, you know, he's holding on to this thing from from whatever happened between him and Shane. And now it's – it's you're right. It's going to set him up for another push that way. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we got next. Women's Tag Team Championship match, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jackson. Tamina, what do you guys think? Oh, man. Somebody's getting hurt. Uh, <laughs> oh, legit. You mean legitly. Legitimately. <laughs> Yeah. Like like throwing the X up. Um, yeah, I just want you to know I said legitly. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I did catch that. I just, I didn't want yeah. to say anything. Uh, I'll point out both failures. I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Boston Hug Connection. What a goofy name. Yeah, I um, hate the name. But they're going to win. Oh, yeah. 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 Too soon. They can't they take it away it. yet. Yeah. It's good. They have to have the successful defending of the belts. Uh, and then, and then, you know, we'll we'll have uh, who else could they go up against that would actually, you know, you'd like to see maybe put up a, a contention for the belts. What other women's tag team do they have right now? Eh, there was a, I mean, there were a, obviously a bunch in that elimination chamber match. I want to see them do both shows. I I don't know. I yeah. I want to see them jump to both shows and defend defend I, between I, the I two. Really, yeah. Make that like really, a universal <laughs> championship, essentially, where it's, yeah, it's both shows. I really feel the Riot Squad would be perfect for this, and they can kind of do a New Day type of deal. There you go, yeah. Yeah, where any two of them can, you know, or Firebird, wherever you want to go back, what area you want to call yep. this from, where there's three, but any two can kind of, you know, wrestle. So, yeah, that's who, that's who I feel makes the most sense, but I don't know uh, past that. Yep, yep. Uh, next up, SmackDown Women's Championship match, Asuka and... Uh, versus Mandy Rose. Thoughts? Oscar. Mm, if Oscar loses, I will riot squad. <laughs> so here's my <laughs> thoughts. I think Oscar could lose, and here's why. I feel like she's a little boring right now as the SmackDown Women's Champion. 
She's uh, definitely she not the focus. Yeah, she doesn't really do too much. Uh, Mandy Rose, she's getting quite a push, and she's showing a little bit more uh, every time she comes out. Like she's doing, she's a little bit better. I mean, she's still kind of sloppy here and there in certain spots, but she's looking better and better. Uh, yeah, you, I'm agreeing with you, but she did just drop Bosco on her head, right? <laughs> right, I understand. But I do. So what I would see is like she could take this belt, and it would do more for for her, uh, her gimmick, her character, and continue to help push her. But it can also give Asuka a fire where she can now come in with an edge and maybe be a little bit more vicious because the belt was taken from her and that'll make her a little bit more interesting. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but that, so I'm, you, I'm, you, you make a lot of sense. I'm going to call Mandy Rose tonight. I, I think Asuka's going to drop the belt. I'm, I'm going Asuka just because it, it has to be her. She's amazing. <laughs> but I think, but her character is stale. You're right about that. There's yeah. No deni- there's no denying that. Yeah. Not much happening there. Uh, WWE World Championship match: Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. Hmm. I think uh, easy. He's very easy. Bryan's gonna te- take it. Yeah, I think the money match going forward is Kofi and Bryan. Um, yeah, my money says if if you're this is my uh, this is what I feel. Kofi's going to get involved somehow with this. What, how great would it be if this match just gets thrown out because Kofi interferes and beats them both up? Oh, man. That would be great. Would lo- then it's a I triple threat it. match at WrestleMania. Yeah, and it makes sense because I think Kevin Owens is just too good just to not be used. Yeah, and put him in and the main coming- event at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan and Kofi? Come on. I'm all for that. I know people usually hate a triple threat, and I get it most of the time I hate it too. But man, I really like all three of these guys, and that's what I would prefer. And like uh, Matt was saying, they're they're basically just following the Daniel Bryan storyline, and we know the Daniel Bryan storyline was the triple threat match. So you'll have Kofi yeah. Kingston in the triple threat match where he's you know beaten up and thrown, and you're not sure if he's gonna get it. You know what I mean? Just the, just play by play, have every every spot be exactly like the the Batista, uh, Daniel Bryan, and and uh, who else was who was it? Orton. Orton, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think they're trying to go the same type of route with Kofi. So, uh, I'm all for it if that's what they do. That's just I just have a gut feeling that Kofi's going to get involved somehow with this yeah. main event here. I like that it just makes It just makes sense for him, too. And storyline-wise, uh, you know they're bringing him back somehow. Yeah. Kofi back into this mix somehow. So I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, the, the thing that worries me though is that they're keeping Kofi off the show at least in a scheduled match. So I wonder if, I wonder if they're doing that to slow his crowd response down. And we'll see, dude. You know you can't control the crowd when Becky no, Lynch isn't around. They tra- chant Becky. Guarantee you're going to hear Kofi's name chanted during this match. Yeah. Oh, this hell is yeah. this is also the the crowd that. When that Royal Rumble wasn't one year, and they wanted number thirty to be Daniel Bryan because he was so hot, and it was Rey Mysterio, and everybody loves Rey Mysterio. Who doesn't love Rey? They booed the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred percent. So fact. horrible, man. That's so horrible. Yeah. and that was no fault of his own. He had nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's, looks like uh, the, this may be the main event of the night. If it's if it's not the Brian Owens match, uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship match. 
So and the, and the, and the thing here is, is is if Becky Lynch wins, she's in the WrestleMania. How does it work? Yeah, if Lynch wins, she will be added back into the Raw Women's Championship match at at WrestleMania. So yeah. it's essentially so Becky's probably going to win, and it's probably going to be a triple threat with Ronda, Becky, and and Charlotte. That's what it sounds which, like. Which means Becky will win when she pins Charlotte, and Ronda doesn't have to get pinned. Yes. That's my guess. Nice. And there you are. There's your uh, fast lane card. That's our predictions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Really, I don't have any high hopes for this one. It's not like I'm really have a lot of expectation. But it looks the card looks to be entertaining. Yeah, it looks to be decent. Um, yeah, I agree. So uh, hopefully we get a we we walk away going that was a good show and not oh man that sucked. Hopefully. <laughs> well, well, they do often. I mean, even with the last pay per view, we weren't like crazy excited to see it and then end up being pretty great yeah overall exactly so hopefully the same thing happens there's a lot of ma- there are a couple matches i'm very interested in even on the pre-show so or kickoff show whatever they call it oh for yeah. sure for all sure. right guys uh you want to take a quick little break before we come back and uh, delve into our topic for the day yeah, absolutely yep let's take it plug one of our other network shows and we'll be right back to close up harley kayfabe I'm Matt Johnson. It's your boy, see him, a.k.a. The Nerd, a.k.a. The World Heavyweight Champion of Live Broadcast. Holding it down for all supremacy, it's the bad guy, Caddy. Yeah, and even though this is a podcast about video games, it's a podcast for everyone. Every Friday here on the BICBP Radio Network, make sure you tune in. Make sure you listen to it whenever you're on the way to work, whenever you're on the way home from work. And when you get in and you put that video game in and you hear that disc spinning around, you might as well just realize you can't start any game without pushing start. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Hardly Kayfabe, the second half of this episode. Um, last week, Chris started a, it was a really cool to- you know, idea, um, really cool idea of Picking like a moment in professional wrestling, picking a series of matches, maybe just spotlight something in professional wrestling. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we covered um, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair, a trilogy that they had back in 1989, um, which is, you know, it's a huge moment for professional wrestling history. Yep. And this week I wanted to spotlight something, um, someone local. Uh, me and Chris are from Buffalo, and this this wrestler uh, passed away this this past week. Dick the Destroyer Bayer. Um, I forgot how old he was up there in age, but I know eighty six. I think eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. Yeah, eighty eight, eighty eight. It says okay. he was born in nineteen thirty. Um, but yeah, he was born here, right here in Buffalo, New York, and you know, I, it's kind of funny because back when I was in high school, there's a there was a tournament at the local community college, Niagara County Community College, every January. And this guy in a mask kept, he was always there. I'm like, what is this guy's shtick? Like, what, you know, what is he, is he just some kind of, is he just a fan of, of high school wrestling? And he, he wears a mask and like they gave him a, a name. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes people like to, you know, identify themselves with like a wrestling gimmick name. Like that's just how they how they identify themselves in public. And it wouldn't be until like later on, a few years down the road, a few years after I graduated high school, that I realized um, who that guy was. And, you know, he wasn't just some old man in a mask. He was 
he was a really great professional wrestler. He's a legend out of that, Buffalo. That's pretty awesome that he would still he still kind of kept the gimmick with the mask. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you I never, freaking love that. You, you never ever seen him without his mask on. Never, that's amazing. Ever he wore it every you know every time I seen him at a high school tournament, um, he was there, and he would always come to the second day of this tournament, and um, he actually had an award for it. He would he would actually also help supplement the. He was a big supporter of the Ilio DePaulo, um, another pro wrestler from this area, um, who has a restaurant. But they have a scholarship fund, and he would actually help with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dude, I, I was like, this is crazy, you know. And, and in hindsight, I'm like, you know, when I was doing wrestling, you know, I wish, I wish I had gotten to to talk to him, pick his brain a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, with this last week, with everything that happened, him passing away of old age, I, I wanted to look into his life a little bit and and kind of figure out what, you know, what what is this hidden treasure that yeah. we had right here in Buffalo? And I showed you guys, I shared the match with you guys. He's been in the ring with some of the biggest names in professional wrestling. Oh yeah, of, oh of yeah, that era. Yeah, Stan Hansen was. I watched that. He was in the ring with a lot of big names, and he also goes to show that just because. He's like for me, I'm down here in North Carolina. I've never even heard of this guy. Yeah. So for so it really goes to show that even if you may not have heard of him in the United States, it doesn't mean that they're not huge in Japan because he was apparently pretty big over there. Oh yeah, That's, he was a, a like a superstar in Japan. He was, yeah. You know, it was stratospheric how how famous he was there. Um, I remember when I was a kid, the only the, the, my only like I I didn't know him as Dick the Destroyer, but I remember having a re- one of these wrestling magazines and seeing him. But he was Doctor X, and I remember just the name Doctor X was so, sounded so like mystifying to me. You know what I mean? Like so uh, so crazy and cool, and like who is this guy? Uh, yeah. And I didn't realize he was the same guy. So when we were looking into stuff about him uh, to talk about on the show today, I was watching matches and stuff, reading up a little bit more about him. That's when I realized, oh, he's the same guy, Doctor X. <laughs> and I right? love the yeah. I love the mask because he doesn't wear the the he doesn't wear the same kind of like the the traditional lucha mask where it com- covers the nose. He has the hole in the mask, so his no his big like bulbous nose just kind of protrudes yeah. out of it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the dude's got a the dude's got a big nose. That's yeah. for sure. It's great. <laughs> it's great, dude. It's such a cool gimmick. I loved too. it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, he was. Uh, it, it's interesting because I mean, American mask gimmicks, like American based characters with masks, they 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 never like they're never great. You know what I mean? They they never turn out to at least nowadays. They never amount to be anything. You yeah, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was probably the last one I can even remember. Yeah, when he was Generico. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we've had guys. You know, eighties. Remember the remember the like like giant machine and which was like I think it was Andre in a mask and yeah. You know the characters like that. You know people know of them, but they're not. They don't grab that level of uh, of fame quite like the Destroyer did. Now I will say that if you're familiar with five dollar wrestling, like I am. Uh, there are plenty of times where one wrestler will be wrestling in one match, and then somebody else will show up in a mask, but somehow have the same body top of a guy I've already seen. Yeah, uh, in a previous match, and that would happen all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, that that happens more often than you think. Yeah, just put him in a mask. Nobody will know. <laughs> even you know, even a little bit higher than a, on a pay scale than five dollar wrestling. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's but... just what I'm familiar with. <laughs> Let's see, but yeah, he he started. I'm looking on. We're 
I'm looking on his Wikipedia page right now. I want to just kind of do a biopic on him for those listeners who don't know um, who he is and, and really what his career was like. But he started his career in uh, mid-1950s um, in Los Angeles. And, you know, back in, the, back in those days, they, they, tell, they say his finisher was the figure four leg lock. And I feel like the super kick is like the modern figure four <laughs> leg lock in, in which everybody used to use the figure four back then, like the, six, the yeah. 60s through the 80s. Like that yep. was everybody's move um, where everybody used the super kick now. And... You know, eventually, within a handful of years, he won the Worldwide Wrestling Associates uh, Championship over. He beat Classy Freddie Blassie, who is a you know WWE Hall of Famer. Let's see here. Um, he wrestled a couple amazing matches. One of them, which I showed you guys against Giant Baba, who um, you know he's just huge, huge, famous Japanese professional wrestler. You know, known for his size. And, I mean, you guys watched it, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I watched a couple of his matches. Same it, here. I mean, the the one it went like an the one I showed you guys it went an hour, and it was so technical. And they made it in. They made it like really interesting, and I, I think that's my been my appeal to him, watching over the last, you know, watching all his stuff over the last week. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple weeks about him is that how technical he was when yeah. I did, when I when I did pro wrestling I love the technical stuff I still love watching innovative technical wrestling same um, and especially and if they make it look like they make it look like you don't want to be on those holds you don't want to yeah. be you know that hip throw or you know that you don't want because they they do it so there was such a way. I think we talked about it last last week where um, in regards to how like the way these guys worked back then it's it was such it was such uh, more physicality than it is these days. These days you'll see kicks and you can see the air between, you know, the foot and yep. the gut. Uh, or or punches that you can tell are not even close. Uh, you know, guys are reacting before anything comes at them. I hate when when something's supposed to happen, like a guy's supposed to bounce off the the, the ropes or some, you know, off of an Irish whip or something, and yeah. and the guy turns around too fast, so he's literally sitting there waiting for the spot. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't stand that. Like I love the days where it was kind of a slower turn, so it was super last minute that you didn't know if you were going to get your head taken off. Um, and and watching these old matches, especially with the Destroyer, is like these were the days where these men were really physical and just really put that grind and that that extra torque into into these holds. You know, they, they, I watched I watched the match with it was it was Destroyer versus Stan Hansen in Japan. Oh, it's about it's about fifteen minutes long. At least twelve minutes of that was them doing different ways of getting into headlocks and and leg locks. And wasn't it great? Literally. I mean, it was it was so easy, yeah. and, and and that style back then too. What helped with the realism looking is that the matches were simple. Yeah, and they could just do stuff. They could just do stuff in, in the you know the talent of that time. The Stan Hansons, the Pedro Morales, the, um, the Giant Babas. They they could go, and you can have a decent match just doing stuff and calling it in the ring yeah. on the fly. Where nowadays the style is so. It's so blatantly scripted. Yeah, yeah, choreographed. It looks like yes. a dance. It looks like a like these guys worked out a routine, and now they're like, "All right, everybody, watch what we worked out." You know, and and yeah, I also also think that today they're kind of they're kind of in a thing where they think like, if we just go fast, 
yeah. then it's going to be a good match. No, that's yeah, not always. Even that's not always true. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and 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 that's not to say that he was a great technical wrestler, but it's not to say that he wasn't below going extreme matches. Because I was watching a match with him and Abdullah the Butcher. Yes, and yes, holy yes. Holy cow! It got bloody. It got bloody. Uh, it ended with a with the the fireball to the face. I mean, it was it was it was classic Abdullah the Butcher match. But yeah. to see which that, one that, got hepatitis? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but to see that that uh, the destroyer got in there and was just like, I'll show. I'm not afraid. I'll do this. That was pretty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was. It was. Yeah. Still, if you're gonna have, oh. if you're gonna have a match with Abdullah, you're gonna bleed. That's all there was yeah. to it. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There was no question. You're not coming out on the scape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, Dick Byro. He was a he, he was a man's man. I mean, he just yeah. yeah, like you said, he he could do anything. You watch him in the ring, and you can tell his his uh, his wrestling style was that catch can uh, yeah. technical style. But he would go he would go with anybody, and he had an interesting career for it. I, I watched one. Um, we have a move in high, you know high school wrestling. It's called a lateral drop, where it's like you overhook one arm, underhook the other, and somehow. He incorporated it in the middle of like a back and forth chain wrestling, and I used to do it where the opponent was running off the ropes and kind of. That's how I planned it, but the, he the way he I can't remember how exactly he got into it, but there was a bunch of holes and he eventually got into it and tossed the guy, and went for a cover. It was it was all part of the back and forth technical wrestling. It was it was really it was really cool to see that. Um, you know, maneuver used, but yeah, his whole style was based off of that, that classic Frank Gotch style and, and Luthez and yeah, you know, he fit right in with that generation, man. If, if he wrestled in the thirties and forties, um, you know, he would have been going to toe to toe to toe with a lot of those, those cl- even more classic, uh, professional yeah. wrestlers without a doubt. Um, let's see, you know, he, he Russell, but he he had numerous championships over. I'm looking at his championships and accomplishments. Um, he was the NWA North American Heavyweight Champion once. Um, the, this is the Hawaii version. Held a bunch of belts in all Japan yeah. pro wrestling. Tag team champion in the uh, AWA. Um, let's see, Cauliflower Alley Club, which is like a it's it's a pretty big honor for wrestlers. Um, of amateur and professional background, which is uh, you know, which is which is pretty cool. Bunch of NWA championships, um, numerous numerous Hall of Fames. Uh, I know, I think he got indu- inducted into the WWE one like ten, eleven. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, he he had a pretty legendary career. And and I invite anybody listening to this podcast to just go. And and search up a match, and, and yeah. if you're a fan of old, you know, old style stiff wrestling that 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 felt real, and he's 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 a great guy to watch. He's a great guy to watch, and yeah, he was well respected among amongst a lot of the legends. A lot of the guys tweeted out uh, when he passed away, you know, memories and thoughts on him. Um, I found that there was also on YouTube, there's an interview with Ric Flair where uh, somebody talks about Dick Byer, whether or not he should have been in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and Rick was like, he'd be in there yeah. right now if it was oh, up to me. me. So, uh, so, I, I stand mean, corrected. Yeah. He inducted Gorgeous George into the Hall of Fame in 2010. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. But, yeah, I mean, he's great. He's 
I mean, he's he's another you know those old school wrestlers that that made a career for themselves, but never really. I mean, he never rest. I don't think he ever wrestled for uh, the WWE. Maybe a dark match or two, but Mm-mm. he uh, yeah he never appeared. He never was featured on a card. Never signed any of that. But he he, I mean, he lived a good life. Eighty eight years old is especially for a pro wrestler, man. That is. Damn impressive, especially some of the you yes. know the, the short lives we've seen and <laughs> yeah that's that's sad and true yeah sad and true because I, I was telling my mom that Abdullah the butcher uh, Abdullah the butcher dad got me you got me, you get me confused with uh, King with Kong the, Bundy yeah King Kong Bundy uh, passed away and she goes oh really and she goes how old was it? and I was like he was in his sixties I believe. And she goes, and she meant this. She wasn't even trying to be funny. She goes, that's, that's yeah. pretty old for a wrestler. Yeah. And she was being serious. She wasn't trying to make a joke or be crass or anything. She was just making an observation. And I couldn't say she was wrong. So, uh, yeah, to see one make it to the 80s, and I, I even hate no, talking it, like that. But it's, it's, it is. It is. Kind of I mean, refreshing. The, the four, like 40 year old, 40, 40s, 50s, that's like, the unfortunately, the magic number for a lot of wrestlers and under, underneath that. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's good to see because he – you know, he lived a good life. He that that also speaks to his, you know, the way he trained. Number one, but number two, you know how safe he yes. was with a lot of the things he did. You know, he made it look as good as he did, but he was it's because he was as good as he was. That it wasn't sloppy. It wasn't where he was constantly putting his body in peril, uh, where a lot of these guys do, uh, just to kind of you know further the story. They they they. They kind they lay it on the line, and maybe he didn't have to do it because he he did such a good job telling the story in ring, technically the way he does. Yeah, I mean that, that was the style. Yeah, again, back to the style, back to the style that era, that high risk stuff. Nobody jumped off the top ropes back then, and no, it was you were you. It was against yep. the rules to go over the top ropes. Like you couldn't throw anyone over the top ropes, or you're disqualified. Like go, going over the, from that that. That height was always yes, uh, huge a huge no no. And yeah, and just a tribute to the style. Yeah, he lived a long life because he wrestled he wrestled smart, wrestled safe. Yeah. I mean he had a great po yeah. he had a great post career too. He he still stayed in Buffalo despite all of this, which I which I think is the coolest thing. Yep. And he went on to let's see, he taught physical education at uh Akron High School and he, he actually coached football, wrestling, and swimming there. Which uh I still think, pretty, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. Can you imagine if, if Dick Byer, the Destroyer, yeah. this guy who went up against, like, was your wrestling you know, like, coach? Especially, like, for me, like, as a wrestling coach, like, all this, what you can learn from that? Oh, my Lord. Exactly, uh, But man. he retired from all that in 1995. But he still made, like, wrestling appearances. He um, and he actually opened up a uh, Destroyer Park, Park Golf. Uh, it's like a, it's a, Park Golf Course, uh, right, right in Akron as well, which I've seen pictures of it floating around, but I've never heard of it before. But it, he opened it back in 2013, um, which is cool. I seen there was a picture of him riding, uh, <laughs> riding around one of the the caddy things, and he had his mask on and he had somebody in a headlock or something like that. It was it was pretty cool, but yeah, Dick Byer, everybody, he was a uh, little hidden treasure here, right here in Buffalo, New York. He didn't, no, there's so much wrestling history that goes on here, and you know, just talking to like a general, casual wrestling fan, you never ever hear his name brought up. No. So, yeah, 
Yes, sir. That was, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, I dug it. I dug it. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, I learned a lot. That's why I like doing this stuff. For sure, for sure. You guys, have you got anything else before we uh, we head out? I'm all set. Uh, I'm done. All done. We're all set. All right, boys. Let's take it home. <laughs>